Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 1st of November. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3-800-747-3733. Everything Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to you by the best accident attorneys around. I send you them. They're going to get you the money you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, And of course, with all the major pro sports leagues going on, last night, no, two nights ago, I'm sorry, Monday night, we had a sports equinox. Very rare. That's NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, all going on at the same time. It was crazy. Cats and dogs living together. Well, last of the major pro sports leagues, the NBA, they got together last they they got started last week and that means bet online is your top spot for all your NBA action MLB postseason NFL college football 
NHL in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA right at your fingertips with the desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to the Bet Online website today to get in on the action. Don't forget, use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, and that receives your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, we got Heat basketball tonight. We'll talk some NBA. Our pal, Sirius XM NBA Radio, Justin Termini is going to join us. Heat fan hates Justin Termini. They think Termini hates the Heat. I can tell you right now, I've become friendly with him over the past couple years. He's a good dude. He doesn't hate the Heat. This, You guys, like there are people out there who hate the Heat, like most everyone from Boston. And listen, Termini's from Boston. He's out in L.A., but he's from Boston. So I can understand where that hatred comes from. You think Termini hates the Heat. He doesn't hate the Heat. But whatever. We're, we're going to ask him why, he, why people think he hates the Heat. Matter of fact, we'll ask him where he thinks he ranks among the most disliked national NBA hosts slash analysts as far as the Heat fan is concerned. So we'll talk to me with him, but we'll talk general NBA. He's our pal. Trust you, you may not like him, but I'm telling you, you listen to him on with me, you're going to see he's a good dude. He knows his NBA, loves the NBA. So Justin Termini, Sirius XM, NBA Radio, he's going to join us coming up in a few minutes. The Heat are back in action tonight. They are at home. They are against the Brooklyn Nets. Your boy is not going. I don't have tickets, all right? I, I don't have tickets. I'm not going tonight. I'll be watching comfortably on the couch in the Zazla Mansion family room. Be watching in my underwear. I got a Johnny Cube under my hand. You know how we roll. The Heat tonight, they have the Nets. And then Friday, they take on the Wizards at home as well. Tonight's only second home game. The Heat's only win was the first game of the year at home against Detroit. They lost all three games on the road. Boston, Minnesota, and what was the third game they just lost the other night? Oh, Milwaukee. Yeah. So, finally back home. And then they're home again on Friday against Washington, which is a in-season tournament game. That's right. I'm trying to get into the idea of the in-season tournament. I've been honest with you guys. I I have a hard time getting jacked up over it, a hard time getting fired up over it. But I think maybe when the game is happening, it's like, all right, let's fuck it. Let's just win it. Let's win these match group games. Let's get to Vegas for the, you know, the final four part. Let's win this tournament. It's a feather in your cap, you know? I, I feel like when the game is going on, I may just be like, fuck it, let's win this thing. So, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and shill and tell you that, oh, the in-season tournament, it's going to be amazing. I'm not really into it right now. But I could see a scenario where, okay, if the Heat get through the group games and they get to Vegas for the Final Four, I'm going to want them to win. And by the way, <coughs> these games, like, yes, the game on Friday against Washington, it's a group play game for the in-season tournament, but it also counts. It's part of your regular season schedule. So, yeah, like, I'm going to really want them to win that game. It's got a little bit of extra juice to it. So, I'm trying to work myself into it. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, the uh, Heat, tonight against Brooklyn, I, I feel like it's a it's a gotta-have game. It's not a must-win game. What, that? what happens if they lose? It's a gotta-have game. We're 1-3. We've had a shitburger start to the season. The Heat fan was super negative going into the year. 
I look like an idiot because I'm telling the Heat fan, yo, you got the wrong attitude. Like, let's have more of a positive attitude going into the season. Well, our favorite little basketball team is back in action. Like, come on, turn that frown upside down. That's right. You're an 80s kid down here in South Florida. You know where that phrase comes from. Come on, that's Lionel Playworld. Anyway, turn that frown upside down. And the Heat then start this season one, one and three going into tonight. You lose tonight against Brooklyn. Brooklyn's decent. One and four. I don't need that shit in my life. So not this is a this is a gotta have it game. All right, we we gotta start. We gotta get the positivity back in the early part of this season because it's been a disastrous start of the year. So that's what we got on the line tonight. Like I said, not going to the game tonight. That's okay. But anyway, Panthers. Panthers are back in action tomorrow. They're at the Detroit Red Wings. We got Game 5 of the World Series tonight. Last night, 10-7, Texas beats Arizona. Terrible game. Texas was up 10-0 after four innings. Game 5 tonight in Arizona. Can Arizona win a game at home here in the World Series? Otherwise, the Rangers, they take all three in Arizona, and they win their first ever World Series tonight. Game 5, 8.03 p.m., Game was not close last night. They win 10-7. Rangers lead the series three games to one. So even though Adolis Garcia and Max Scherzer have been removed from their active playoff roster due to injuries, they now have a three-game-to-one series lead. They're a game away from winning their first-ever World Series. So I'll have the Heat game on the big TV in the Zaslow Mansion family room, World Series small TV, and then we will shift over World Series onto the main TV when the Heat game is over. That's the plan tonight in the Zaslow Mansion family room. And look, the Diamondbacks are going to look back to that first game. They were up 3-1, ninth inning. Corey Seager ties a two-run homer. They win it in the 11th. That game right there, like, yes, win a home game, obviously. But that game right there, if they didn't blow that game, it's a 2-2 series right now with game five in your park. Instead, they blew that game one. They're down 3-1 now. They're up against it. Now, they did win game six and seven in Philadelphia to win the National League pennant, but now you got to win three in a row. It feels different. I'll tell you what, though. Got to be honest. This World Series, it's been a dud. Been a total dud. Three of the four games have not been competitive. It's been a dud. And honestly, the and, and I'm, not, I'm not a huge baseball fan the way that I used to be. I do love the Major League Baseball playoffs. Got to be honest. This MLB postseason has been a dud. World Series has been a dud. Postseason's been a dud. Outside of Atlanta, Philadelphia, and probably also Arizona, Philadelphia, because it went seven. Outside of those two series, the entire postseason's been a dud. You had sweeps across the board in the wild card. Uh, Two out of the four were sweeps in the divisional. In the National League Championship Series, Texas did it, uh, Texas beats uh, Houston, but whatever. I, I didn't feel like there was a ton of juice there. Although it was a long series, so maybe I should take that back. Atlanta, Philadelphia, Arizona, Philadelphia, those were fun. Overall, though, this MLB postseason has not been memorable, and the ratings are showing it. The ratings are horrible for the World Series, which you expected with Texas and Arizona. I'm not going to be someone who sits here and is like, yeah, this is what happens when you open up to more teams. Bullshit. It's better when you allow more teams in. Baseball being the random sport that it is, this could happen where the teams with the best records, I think it's like the, the five best records in the postseason are all out, you know? 
the teams with the best records, they could totally lose, especially in short series. Baseball is super random like that. But I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo. Texas, Arizona, this is what happens when you allow more teams in the postseason. I like allowing more teams in the postseason. I found the regular season to be more exciting in that regard. It obviously helps for a team like I root for, the Miami Marlins. But this World Series and this postseason overall have been a dud. There's no way around that. Gotta be honest. Now yesterday, the, the Dolphins, let's get to the good stuff. Dolphins are in Germany. They're getting it going. NFL trade deadline yesterday. Big news day. The big moves, like I was saying yesterday, could Devontae Adams be moved? Apparently the Raiders were not interested. Could Saquon Barkley be moved? The big moves, though. Chase Young, he was traded Washington to San Francisco. They're clearly in a rebuild scenario. They've dropped to 3-5. and five. Ron Rivera's obviously going to be fired after the season. You have new ownership there. They're clearly rebuilding. Chase Young trade to San Francisco for just a third-round pick. Obviously, amazing trade there for the 49ers. They're going to have to pay him after this year. Josh Dobbs was traded to Minnesota. I was saying, oh, is Minnesota going to trade for a quarterback? They did trade for a quarterback, but it's nothing that moves the needle, you know? I guess for Arizona means Kyler Murray is close to returning, but Josh Dobbs is going to back up Jaron Hall this weekend. He's the rookie from, I think, is it BYU? He's the rookie who... Enter the game once Kirk Cousins got hurt last week. Minnesota's in a terrible situation. I guess they figure, look, and the schedule is favorable for Minnesota coming up. Maybe they figure, all right, we can hand the keys to Josh Dobbs next week if we don't like what we see with Jaron Hall, and maybe we could still tread a little bit of water. That move doesn't move the needle, though. There was no quarterback out there, I guess, that would have been available that Minnesota could have tried to land to save their season. And the biggest news yesterday, Josh McDaniels, Really as expected, fired. So fired. He sucks. Has to be the last coaching opportunity. He was awful in Denver. You remember, he then reneged in Indianapolis. He became their coach, and then he reneged. And now he's been terrible fired in just the second year. You gotta be really bad to get fired in just two years. Normally, franchises give you three. Fired in the second year. I believe he was fired after the second year in Denver, too. Fired second year in Vegas, That was the big news yesterday. Really not a surprise. Now, the Dolphin fan who is disappointed that the Dolphins didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, here's what I would tell you. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I feel like Chris Greer has earned the benefit of the doubt. I know. You're blown away hearing me say that. I feel like Chris Greer has earned the benefit of of the doubt. Either that he tried to make a move and it just didn't work out, or he says, you know what? I'm looking at my roster. We're getting a lot of guys back. We're adding a bunch of guys at or around the trade deadline, and they're costing us nothing. I think Chris Greer, who's made monster moves, last year Bradley Chubb before the trade deadline. The year before that, getting Ty- or the offseason before it, getting Tyreek Hill. It's not been a general manager who's afraid of making moves. I can't believe I'm saying it, but if you're upset the Dolphins didn't make a move yesterday, I feel like you got to check yourself because I think Chris Greer maybe has earned the benefit of the doubt in this spot. Just maybe. And, and, and look, let's be honest here. Here's who the Dolphins are getting back. Players, impact players, they are adding at or around the trade deadline and giving up nothing. They're adding Connor Williams, 
who's been really good. They're adding Teron Armstead. We know how good he is. They're adding Devon Achan. He's been really good. They're adding Xavier Howard, who's now going to be their number two cornerback. They're adding Javon Holland. We love him. And they just added Jalen Ramsey. This team did not need to make a move at the trade deadline. Don't be greedy. Don't be a pig. Don't be greedy. This team did not need to make a move at the trade deadline. Before we continue on here, if you're thinking about adding a new car, I send you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. Let me tell you about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, if you're in the market for a new car, you go to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you walk in the showroom doors, you let a member of their friendly sales team help navigate you in the right direction because North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they carry the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. Whatever you're looking for, you want just something fun, a Subaru sedan to get to and from work, you're looking for a spacious Subaru SUV for your entire family, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. You always get more at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Guaranteed most money for your trade and lifetime warranty included on all North Fort Lauderdale Subaru vehicles. You can shop right now wherever you are. Stop what you're doing. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. So, my son and I are talking about, you know, the trade deadline yesterday. My 14-year-old, almost 15-year-old, loves the Dolphins. <coughs> We're talking about the Dolphins trade deadline. Didn't do anything. No big deal. I turn to him. I say, I think the Dolphins are going to win this weekend? And he says, yes. I go, I do too. I, I think they're ready. I, I, I think the Dolphins are... This is their third big game of the year. Lost at Buffalo, lost at Philadelphia. I I think they're ready. And they're going to get some of those names that I just said. They're going to get some of them back. They got Jalen Ramsey now. They're getting these guys back in the lineup and they're going to be fresh. These are impact players I just listed. I think the Dolphins are ready to win this game. They are catching the Chiefs at a good time. Not only is the game obviously not in Kansas City, which is a major bonus for Miami, but you're catching Patrick Mahomes coming off a terrible game, also catching Patrick Mahomes under the weather, coming off being sick in that game, playing in the cold, then traveling to Germany. What kind of shapes are you going to be in this weekend? I don't know. You're catching the Chiefs at a good time. I think the Dolphins are ready for this game this weekend. I think the Dolphins are going to win. I think... And look, you know, we have the the fraudulent conversation. If the Dolphins beat Kansas City this weekend, the argument should go away as far as the Dolphins being frauds, but you know what the national media is going to say. Game was in Germany. Do it in Kansas City. See, that's the point, though. I think the Dolphins are ready for this game. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. But when you look at it and think, who needs this game more? Go win the game in Kansas City. That's why the Dolphins need this game more. The Chiefs get the benefit of the doubt, right? Dolphins still have a lot to prove. But the Dolphins have shown what they do to the teams they should beat. You look at who the Dolphins play that's beneath them, they leave no doubt. They kick the shit out of these teams. After this week... The Chiefs face Philadelphia after the bye. 
The Dolph- uh, Both teams have a bye after this game. The Chiefs face Philadelphia after the bye. The Dolphins, they face Vegas, and they have, their next five games are super winnable. So you can make the case, Dolphins' schedule is light after this game. The Chiefs face Philadelphia. You can make the case this game is bigger for Kansas City. Because you don't, if you're the Chiefs, you don't want to be in a scenario where, hey, we may lose three in a row. Could we be sitting at six and four after that game against Philadelphia? So maybe you make the case, you know what? Dolphins' schedule lightens up. Chiefs does it. This game is bigger for the Chiefs. We're not going to do that. We're not going to make that case. This game's bigger for the Dolphins. Not only is it time to win one of these big games, but we know we're going to get the narrative that the Dolphins win this weekend, do it in Kansas City. That game was in Germany. That right there. Now, that narrative's unfair. It is what it is. But that right there is exactly why this game is bigger for the Dolphins. The number one seed in the AFC is so much more important for Miami than it is for Kansas City. Kansas City, yes, they always have the AFC Championship in their backyard, but they get the benefit of the doubt. No one's going to doubt that they could win a road game in the playoffs, even though they never have to. With the Dolphins, they're a different animal playing in Miami. They are a different team in that stadium. This game, if you're going to be the number one seed, if you're going to have the bye and then host two home games in the playoffs, which we know realistically is, is the route for the Dolphins to get to the Super Bowl. That starts this Sunday. If you want that number one seed, you have to win this game this weekend because it's not just about beating out Buffalo in the AFC East. It's about beating out Baltimore in the AFC North. It's about beating out Jacksonville in the AFC South. And it's also about beating out Kansas City in the AFC West. All four teams, 6-2. and two. If you want to get to the Super Bowl, you have to win this game this weekend because you have to get the number one seed in the AFC. This game is bigger for the Dolphins than it is the Chiefs, without doubt. Let's stick with the NFL theme here. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. We got to tell you heading into week nine, which NFL fan bases are going through good times and who's having hard times, Daddy. it? Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home and hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. That's right. Thank you, Dusty. So good times and hard times to tell you every week which NFL fan bases are having good times, which NFL fan bases are having hard times going into this weekend's games. And first, we'll start out with the fan bases that are having good times. Number three, finally, the Carolina Panther fan is having some good times. The number one overall pick, Bryce Young, he wins the battle over the Houston Texans last week. And C.J. Stroud, he experiences his first win with the NFL Panthers. The Panther fan finally gets a win after six losses to start the year. Panther fan is having good times right now. Number two, the Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Jaguar fan is feeling real good right about now as they've won five in a row, four in a row. They're six and two, most importantly. They lead the AFC South. The Jaguars 
are looking like a real contender. Even though Trevor Lawrence hasn't been spectacular, at least not yet, that's actually a good sign because it shows you the Jaguars, Doug Peterson, they got a good overall team. Jaguar fan is feeling good right now. And the number one good times right now are being felt by the Bengals fan. Bengals feel like they're back. They're four and three. They recovered from the 0-2 start. I think they were even one and three. They're four and three now. They just won at San Francisco. Yes, San Francisco. Hey, they're having some hard times right now. But more importantly, the Bengals, they appear to be back. The Bengal fan is having good times. Number three, Panther fan. Number two, Jaguar fan. Number one, the Bengals fan is going through good times going into this weekend. Now, the fan bases, they're having hard times, daddy. Number three, even though they won this weekend, very rare that a winner, a winning fan base is having hard times. The New York Jets fan, that's right. The Jets fan is having hard times right now because a game that the Giants had negative passing yards. The Jets needed a miracle to tie the game. They needed stupidity from Giants head coach Brian Dayball. They should have lost to that inept Giants team. So even though they won, yes, winning is better than than losing. Even though they won, the Jets fan should not feel good. They're having hard times right now. Number two, the Packers fan. Look, the Packers are two and five. They're terrible. They've lost four in a row. There's no other way to spin it. They lost by two touchdowns at home to the Vikings. Jordan Love, he does not look like the guy. The Packer fan. I mean, the Packers are always good. We're going on like 30 years that they've had a franchise quarterback. It does not look like they do, and they could be headed for a rebuild for the first time in in this generation of Packer fans' lives. They're number two. And the number one fan base that is going through the hardest times this week. Again, they won this weekend, but the Vikings fan. Your season's over. You climbed all the way to four and four. They've won three in a row. Kirk Cousins is having a great season. And then his season is over, tears his Achilles. Their schedule the next four weeks is very soft. But now it doesn't matter. They were going to make the playoffs if Cousins didn't get hurt. And now they're done. Number three, Jets fans having hard times. Number two, Packers fan is having hard times. And the hardest times right now are being felt by the Vikings fan. And that right there is another addition going into week nine of good times and hard times, daddy. All right, all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. That's how we enjoy the heat game tonight. Heat and Nets, I'll be sitting on the couch in the Zaslow Mansion family room. We got a Johnny Cuba in my hand. You can pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, fresco Moss, European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Remember, always drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. Sirius XM, NBA Radio, every afternoon, Justin Termini, Eddie Johnson, we like having Justin Termini on the show, even though I would say a very grand majority of my listeners most likely dislike Justin Termini very, very much. I think if most Heat fans uh, were, if we were to take a poll of Heat fans, uh, most the, the, the media members they dislike the most, where do you think you would rank 
Justin Termini among the Heat fans' distaste for the national media members? Well, I think I'd be pretty high up there, but one, I don't I don't understand it because just recently, like I was saying, Jimmy Butler should be playing and I was throwing a fit and I'm like, the Heat fans should be on my side. Why wouldn't you want to see your best players play? So I thought I was standing up for the Heat fan uh, I, in that particular incident, but I don't have any issue with the Heat fan. In fact, I've learned that they're very passionate. My problem might be with the way that the team is covered a little bit more, just coming from the Northeast where like the media gets on the case of the team and holds them accountable rather than makes excuses for so I think my issue is more with the, the media that covers the heat outside, of course, of, of you, Zaz, uh, and uh, not with the fan base. No issue with the fan base. In fact, they're a lot more passionate than I probably thought they were three or four years ago. Well, I think that that is part of it, that the heat fan, and this doesn't necessarily apply to you, but, you know, for the national media members who believe the heat fan has a persecution complex, uh, I'm glad to hear you say that part because... The Heat fan gets a lot of crap when the fact of the matter is, uh, you, you know, take away maybe the behavior on Twitter, that kind of deal. The Heat fan gives fantastic support to the team. I mean, we can make jokes about them showing up late or what have you, as if the Heat are, are the only building that fans show up late. But we can make those jokes. Fact of the matter is, every game is sold out for almost 20 years now. That's a hell of an accomplishment. They have great, great fan support. You see on Twitter how passionate they are, the social media, all of that stuff. The Heat fan, I think part of the Heat fan's problem with a lot of the national media is, you know, we're not still back in 1999 where, you know, they had to they had to recolor the yellow seats at, at the arena because they stood out so much because they're always empty. Like, we're so far past those days down here. Yeah, so I, I you know, and listen, it's not, uh, it might not be the Northeast, but who is, right? Like Ilya Sova, I think a couple of years ago, made the comments about like, I was playing in an empty arena in the first round against the Heat, and then they were going to play the Celtics in the second round, and he's like, this is a big time adjustment. But I would also say, like, you get that in Philadelphia, you get that in New York, where you have that, like, rabidness of the fan. It's just not like that in, it's not a Miami thing. It's not like, I'm out in Los Angeles right now. I go to a Clippers game, the Clippers, you know, crowd is dead. The Lakers fan is not, the you know, New York, Boston, Philadelphia. Uh, the middle of the country is, and if you go to, like, a Pacers game, if you go to a Magic game also down in Florida, so it's something in the Northeast where people, I think, just in general are angrier. Sure. I mean, you go down south, you go out west, uh, and, you know, I, I walk around like when I go to a football game at like Ole Miss or Alabama, people are saying hello to me. I'm ready to snap because I'm used to walking around the city, you know, the streets uh -huh. of New York where everybody's absolutely miserable. So I think it's just a difference in like, uh, you know, people in general. It's not anything that has to do with the fan base. But you don't hate the heat. You are not a heat hater. No, like, so the media drives me nuts because I think they, like, stand up for the team and they try and do the team's bidding. Like, that. whereas, like, you'll get in, like, Boston, a Dan Shaughnessy or a Peter Vesey or a Frank Isola, who I work with, they're actually, like, going at management. They're going at the coaches. They're holding guys accountable when something fails. And let's be honest, Pat Riley failed this offseason. I mean, he, and he has uh, failed the last couple of offseasons. Spolster's done a great job. Butler's done a great job. Bam, the roster has done their end of the bargain. But I don't think Riley 
Virginia's gone out there, especially when guys are begging to go down and play there and getting that second star. And, you know, everybody just kind of holds the water in my estimation. So uh, that's really my issue with the, the Heat media. In regards to, like, the Heat as an organization or a team, my issue is more with the league and not instituting policies to sort of make up for maybe the lack of, like, an income tax down there. Because I do think you have an advantage when somebody out in Sacramento, if they make $100 million, has got to give $13 million of that back. Meanwhile, down in Miami, you get 100 of 100. So, uh, like, I think that there's competitive issues, but that's on the league. That's not in the heat. They should be taking advantage of it. Well, the way that you get rid of that is uh, is what baseball does. You have no salary cap. If there's no salary cap, that takes away, believe it or not, the competitive advantage. Because then it's about, okay, how much money does the owner actually want to spend? Well, then you have like Steve Bomber could do whatever he wants. Yeah. Issues like pop up. I know I've worked with Mike Dunleavy Sr. a couple of years ago who actually ran NBA organizations. And he thought that was one of the top things at the top of the list was just curbing things with like the income tax, whether that's and again, this is way above my head in regards to being intelligent enough uh, to figure out how you would do this. Uh, And I don't think that there's enough push around the league to even make this happen. But Dunleavy Sr. It happened to be an issue for him like it is for me. And it was just instituting some type of thing where maybe you can spend a little bit less money down there uh, or guys can make a little bit more in those areas to make up for the difference. What should Pat Riley have done different this offseason? Well, I mean, if he didn't offer Tyler Hero, that's one of them, right? And he claims he didn't offer Tyler Hero, which is ironic. That well, he says, come on. It, like, like, so nobody's buying on. that. Yeah, yeah nobody, n- nobody's buying that. Uh I mean, I guess maybe just like not put all his eggs in one basket. And I like I this is my criticism of Riley, right? Who, again, I throw out like I say Spolstra is the best head coach in the sport. OK, like I was going back and forth last couple of years with him and Nick Nurse. Clearly, it's Eric Spolstra right now. Ty Lue's great as well. So I give him the credit uh, with Riley. Like I still say, all right, it's Red Auerbach. It's Jerry West. It is Pat Riley. Like when I'm rattling off the great executives of all time. But I also say, like, let him do what John Horst did. Let him do what Masai Ujiri did. Let him do what Danny Ainge did and put together teams in in non, uh, you know, destination markets and win there. And I guess my criticism with Riley is the last couple of years is he's putting all his eggs in one basket where it's like, all right, I'm going to chase uh, the big name, Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm going to chase uh, Damian Lillard. And I'm really not going to have a backup plan in regards to like uh, doing the smaller things around the periphery to make sure that I have a team if I miss out on those guys. And again, like he does a great job in finding guys like Max Struess, Gabe Vincent that you plug in and Spolster gets a ton out of, Uh, you know, Kendrick Nunn's now got to play overseas. He looked like a rookie of the year candidate when he was playing in Miami. Uh, So they do find nice guys like that. But you can't just put all your eggs in one basket and then swing and miss on all these guys, especially when Jimmy Butler, a guy who drives me nuts in some regard, right? I I think he's going to do that to anybody around the league when he's beating your team. Uh, But uh, like, I really think he's done him a disservice because he hasn't found him that, that second star, despite guys wanting to go there and him having ample opportunity. It's not like he's stuck in Charlotte, right. Or he's got to convince, uh, you know, he's David Griffin back in, you know, or, uh, you know, Kobe Altman trying to convince guys to go play in, in Cleveland with LeBron James, which he's an all-time great player, but guys don't want to play there. Like you have Butler who, you know, is a winning player and you can sell Miami and the income tax and the weather and all that type of stuff. And and we haven't got anybody down there recently. I think on. Unfortunately, what's hurt the Heat and is what's going to continue to hurt them unless something drastically changes is there's no such thing as the big player hitting free agency anymore. That's over. 
now in order to see back then you could land the big whale, you get the cap space or, or what have you when you're a destination like Miami, all you got to do is convince the player to come and play for you. And these guys want to play in Miami, but now they all sign for the money. They get the huge extension and they become a free agent essentially whenever they want, when they're under contract. So it's nice that the player, i.e. Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal even, want to go to Miami, but you got to convince the player and the team to send him over to you in a trade. There's no such thing as the big player hitting free agency anymore, Justin. Yeah, 100%. I mean, unless, you know, they're coming from Toronto where Masai Ujiri seems to let everybody just hit free agency and doesn't really ask for anything in return. I mean, that's one of the reasons that you're able to get Kyle Lowry, right? Is he a free agency? Then you do the sign and trade, but you're 100%. Now, is it still easier down there? Yes, because a lot of these guys are going to demand that they want to go play there. You heard Bradley Beal say, I wanted to go down and play. And again, that's a swing and a miss. Like, why not settle for Bradley Beal? Uh, we didn't have to give up much. You wouldn't have to see, give that's up. Because see, that's the key right there. They don't want to settle. They didn't want to settle. They wanted wanted Lillard. Yeah, exactly. So that's part of the issue. Like you, you can't settle and still win. Like, you know, were they a Brad? Like I don't Denver was so good last year, but like, were they, if you just add Bradley Beal and you don't give up Tyler Hero and you don't really give up many pieces, like how much better does that even make you? It makes you like it, it probably puts you in that conversation, at least, uh, you know, with Boston and Milwaukee, if not ahead of those teams uh, this year, makes you feel pretty confident. Uh, but it's, so it's still easier down there because Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Beal, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, Damian Lillard, like they all asked to be there uh, and they're not asking to go to, to other locations. Like, and there are teams that didn't take the chance on Lillard this year, right? Because he didn't want to go there uh, because I think Philadelphia, I think Boston, uh, you know, might have probably, you know, sprung for Damian Lillard if he said, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing there. Milwaukee said, hey, listen, we're going to have to take a chance just because if we don't, Giannis might walk. Sorry to break up the conversation here, guys, but I want to make sure that you got the best homeowner's insurance out there. And that's why I direct you to Brunt Insurance. I've been getting my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance for about 10 years now. And I keep going back, I keep going back, I keep renewing because I know I have the most comprehensive coverage out there and I'm getting it at the most affordable rate there is. You know, some of you guys, you're listening now on the west coast of Florida. God forbid you got some damage to your home because of the storm yesterday. Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204, or you go to bruntinsurance.com. And yes, anywhere in Florida, Brunt Insurance has you covered. They have locations all throughout the state. So you could be calling from Pensacola or all the way down to the Keys and beyond. Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, his fully licensed staff, They have the expertise, they have the experience, they know what area you're calling from. So they're going to know exactly what type of coverage you need, what kind of policies you have to make sure you have. Hey, that also includes trailers and motorhomes. Let the team at Brunt Insurance help you learn more about your policy options so you're making an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. And you don't even have to own your home. Renter's insurance, condo insurance, all the options out there. It could make your head spin. Brunt Insurance specializes in making the confusing crystal clear. When you call 954-589-2204, you're making the right call. Bruntinsurance.com, the only insurance agency that I'm going to send you to. I was listening to you guys the other day, and you were talking about Jimmy Butler. I guess it was the day after. Well, no, it couldn't have been the day after, so maybe it was on Monday because it was Saturday that he sat 
and you guys were talking about yeah. Jimmy Butler sitting in game number three. I mean, heck, uh, uh, it was either that night or the next night that Joel Embiid was questionable to rest in the Sixers' home opener. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't sit here and be a huge phony and, and not get upset about Jimmy Butler sitting out in the third game of the season. The fact of the matter is, you know, Butler has not been good so far in the three games he's played. It's almost as if, it's almost as if maybe he should have played in the preseason. Maybe he should have played in the preseason and also played in the third game of the year because he doesn't look ready to play regular season basketball yet. Yeah, and it just happened that it was Jimmy Butler that we exploded on. Believe me, if Joel Embiid sat the home opener on the Terrible. third game of the season, I would have erupted and he would have had the, the most of my ire. Uh, instead, it happened to be Jimmy Butler. Uh, and, uh, you know, a couple of different reasons. One is it's like Butler's the guy that's always like Butler's the old school guy, right? Like Butler's the guy that's like, hey, he's from well, the, and they're the old school community. organization as well. Yeah. And like Pat Riley, where, you know, you, you, can you imagine this happening with the Knicks when he's asking injured guys? Can you give me can you give me five minutes tonight? Right. Who is yeah. that? Charles Smith, where he's like, I think it was Charles Smith. Where he's like, can you give me five minutes tonight? Then why are you dressed in? In street clothes right and now we've got jimmy butler doing this where he's not playing so it seems like riley has changed a, a little bit or given jimmy butler a lot of control because again like right you know the look that he had on media day is that something old school pat riley is well doing can i tell you what day? i think the difference is with riley yeah. i don't think it's that riley's necessarily changed and handed things over to say jimmy butler yeah i think eric spolstra is in a place where he's not really below riley anymore at the very yeah. least he's on an even field where you go back 10 years ago when LeBron and Chris Bosch were here, Eric Spolstra, when LeBron and Bosch got here, Spolstra was entering his third year yeah. as head coach. Eric Spolstra now stands on his own. That's what I think it's about. So do, do, do you think Riley likes it? He doesn't mind. He's just like, give the controls to Spolstra. I think and... my guess is that Riley understands that, Hey, yeah. like this guy's earned it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I could be the president of the team, but I'm not in charge of day to day. This is his show. Yeah. So, and going back to the, uh, you know, the Butler sitting thing, like he misses four consecutive games in Minnesota. This was my thing. Like he's calling Carl Anthony Towns soft. And not that I disagree that the Carl Anthony Towns isn't soft. Like I agree with Jimmy Butler on that front. He seems to have hit that pretty uh, solidly. Same thing with Ben Simmons. But it's like, then go out and kick his ass, right? I mean, that's what we would see, like, with guys going up against their former team. It'd be the opposite. Like, guys would be going, like, I have to do everything I can to play against yeah. this team. Not everything I can do to sit against this team. And I guess the final thing that would bother, like, me and you, we we both, like, love the NBA, you know, you're listening to our station on NBA radio where it's just NBA talk. You're watching all these games. You're doing so in October, November, December. Like, I want these games to matter, right? And like, I thought that was horrible a couple of years ago when Cleveland beat Golden State. Remember when they won 73 games and Cleveland just kind of, you know, cruised through the regular season. I knew that was bad for the NBA because I said, this is a team that tried and then they ended up losing and people blamed, oh, well, they tried too hard in the regular season. They got burnt out, right? Like, so that was bad for the league. And yes, you guys down in Florida had a fun time last year, but it was bad for the NBA for a seventh or eighth seed to make it all the way to the finals. And I just hope that's not something that the Heat are going to say, all right, we're fine with trying to do again, because that's kind of what it told you when they sat Jimmy Butler out of the third game of the season. And I'm not going to say Bam wasn't hurt against Milwaukee, but, uh, you oh, know. he certainly yeah. was. He tried to play. Yeah. He, he doesn't so, sit out. 
Exactly. So what I'm saying is if that was something where he sat out and he yeah. wasn't necessarily banged up, that would bother me, too, because like I think you have to have the approach of, yeah, we do need to have like a top four seed in order to compete, in order to win a championship, because like, again, as much respect of Eric Spolster and even Jimmy Butler come postseason time, I don't think it's realistic for a second consecutive year to win three consecutive road series in order to get back to the NBA final. So I just hope there are approaches and you know what, we're going to mail in the regular season. We're fine finishing sixth, seventh, eighth. Uh, and then once we get there, we'll, uh, you know, we'll turn it on. Are you able to get fired up over the in-season tournament, which begins at the end of this week? Are you into it? So I'm somebody that's like a traditionalist. If it was 1979's as, uh, and they like instituted the three point line on my watch, and I'd be covering the sport for ten years, <laughs> I would explode. Three point uh, line's I, so good. Yeah, yeah I would have. Oh, what the hell is this with the three point line? It's ridiculous. They're rooting the the you know uh, Walter J. Kennedy is rooting the sport. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, so in a, the play in tournament, like. I've it's grown on me a little bit, even though I was first upset about it. The way the reason I don't like it is like I don't want teams going, all right, well, we can fall back into ninth or tenth. No, no, no. In season tournament. In season. No, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. But okay. I'm saying like the play in tournament okay. with that, like I originally was cold on it. Okay. I've warmed up to it a little bit, even though like I there I, my issue would be like the West would be so much better without the play in tournament. I like the play in. I like it. Yeah. But the West this year would be better without it because I think there's like 10 teams that really uh or 11 teams that are really good. So I'd like to see them fight for eight spots. But anyway, the point is I've warmed up on all of this. Uh, so I, I'm actually warming up on the play, the in-season tournament. One, it might be because I'm going and like, hey, I get to go to Vegas in December, take a four-day trip. Uh, so like that might be for selfish reasons. But anything to make these games matter a little bit more when they seem to be losing some worth, at least in the fans' eyes, I'm all for. Uh, so I'll give it, I'll give it a shot, which I don't think I would have like a year or two ago. I'm start like I'm super skeptical. How am I going to get myself charged up? for Friday night against the Wizards, as it, which is what the Heat have, yeah. as if that means something, okay? But I I, I, feel, I feel like once the game's going on, that I, 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 may, I may put a little more value on the game, that maybe I will be into these in-season tournament games. I, I'm trying. Right now, I'm, yeah. I'm very skeptical. I'm, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to be into um, these. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, and uh, again, like, am I going to go like if my team win, am I going to go? Oh, yeah. Or if like James Harden wins with the Clippers. Oh, well, there you go. Harden coming up big in, in a big spot there. Now You love the Celtics. Will the Celtics put up a banner? I I like unless, maybe the league forces them to. Right. Like I, I said, the best thing for the league is probably for like LeBron to win it, because if LeBron wins it, uh, then he'll talk about how important it is. Uh, but if LeBron loses it, then LeBron will sit there and go, well, it's not a big deal. We weren't trying. You know, we're all focused on an NBA championship. So it's almost like the most the best team that, that could win it would probably be the Lakers, uh, because then you'd get LeBron like pumping up how important it is and that it means something, et cetera. Do you believe the uh, or. How much do you believe the hardened trade to the Clippers moves the needle for L.A.? Because I don't think it moves the needle at all. I, I, I think if if you were able to tell me that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to be healthy, I think they're a championship team. And I still believe the same thing now with adding Harden. I, I don't think it moves the needle for them at all. 
No, I think it moves it a little bit only in that I didn't think that they could win it before. Now, I don't know if they can win it now, uh, and they're not the favorite right now, uh, but at least it shakes things up a little bit, right? So the unknown is better than what I thought before, and what I thought before was they have no chance at a title. Now with James Harden, like, maybe they still have no shot, but it's, like, worth seeing because we don't know, right? And I guess if like Harden's going to play like he did in a couple of those games last year uh, in the second round and Kawhi and Paul George are both going to be healthy, then maybe they have a shot. Uh, but I would still put them behind uh, uh, behind Denver. Uh, you know, I like the Lakers coming into the season. The Lakers have looked to me brutal so far, uh, but I think they'll get their act together. Uh, I'm not sure that they're as good as the Lakers, uh, and, you know, or the Celtics or the Bucks, but uh you know, like it's worth a shot. Go all in. What do you have to lose uh, other than your your future, uh, which doesn't look very bright in L.A. with the Clippers? But uh, I think it was worth a shot, to be honest. What about Philadelphia? Do you, do you like what they got? I, I think I think you, you, there's still another move to be made for them. So do I. Like, so I like it based off, I think that they can move some of those pieces. Like, look at Toronto. Toronto's one and three. They just lost to Portland the other day. So OG Ananobi Siakam, you would think like that's going to uh, expedite them leaving there. Uh, they've got stuff to offer. Same thing with Chicago. Chicago right now, I know, I think Chicago's two and two. Uh, they're still a mess. They had a team meeting. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Okay, you add that to Joel Embiid in this version of Tyrese Maxey. They have a shot. Like, I think that deal yesterday at the very least, like, uh, it improved them. Like, I think that they now, like I had them as my predictions at the beginning of the season, I can already throw them out. I had them as like the sixth seed. I think they're pretty clearly the third best team in the Eastern Conference uh, right now. Uh, now, again, does that mean they do anything in the postseason? I still don't have much confidence in Joel Embiid in that spot. Uh, but uh, like, I think it was a step in the right direction. What have you seen of Wembanyama so far? Give me some thoughts there. Uh yeah, I mean, you can tell that he's just going to be a, a superstar if he stays healthy. I mean, he's got the mental makeup. Uh, he Defensively, he's already there. Uh, now, like, I think it's just being surrounded by better talent. And one of the issues that you need for any, like, big guy or guy that needs to be given the ball is a point guard. Right now, they don't have that. I mean, Trey Jones maybe is as close as they have to that. I would have liked to have seen him pick up a, a, a veteran point guard in the offseason to be able to get him the ball in the spots uh, where, you know, are necessary. And uh, like you see it, like nobody knows how to throw a post up pass, right? So he's seven foot five. I still yet to see him really post up. And that's just a, a problem in general in the league today. Uh, and I think Popovich is still getting used to how to use him. But from a skill perspective, like the, how he sees the game, the way he can utilize his length. I mean, I think the guy is going to be a, a super duper star. What do you well, think? I, yeah, I, I mean, like last night, he had a great second half. We obviously yeah. saw how the game finished. I mean, he's like an alien running around. I had to explain to my wife. We were sitting around. We were flipping yeah. by the channel. She goes, who the hell is that guy? I'm like, yeah, he's an alien. You know, he's yeah. the number one pick. He's he's seven foot four. We've never seen a guy like him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think he looks fun as hell. I think, I think you're right. I think that it, you need to get a guy there. You need to get someone who could help get him the ball. And I, I would like to see him use his size a little bit more be around the basket a little bit exactly. more. He hangs around the perimeter way too much. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to bang yet. Maybe he wants to put on a little bit of muscle. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he looks fun as hell. Yeah. I mean, Chet's been better so far, but uh, but when Benyama, you could also, tell. He's also been around the NBA for yeah, a year, it, Chet, it, you know. It, it, Do you exactly. have a problem with Chet being in contention for Rookie of the Year? Uh, I don't care enough. Like, I could see how people might have an issue with it. Because that happened with Simmons, right? Him. 
yeah, it happened with Simmons. I think it happened with Embiid where he missed his first couple of uh, couple of seasons and then he came in and played. It's happened before. Yeah. Uh, Blake Griffin as well, I think. Yeah, Blake Griffin. Or did Blake get hurt in his first game maybe? Uh, I don't know. Oh, Blake, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, maybe it happened with Blake as well. I remember he got hurt almost immediately, Julius Randle. But, uh, but he played. Uh, Randle played like seven minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe Randle's the guy that played. Blake didn't. But the, the point is, like – there's so many other things going on in the world. I don't, I, I just don't care. Who is leading the MVP race right now? Uh, well, uh, I think it's like, that's a two man race, I guess, but I get yelled. Like if I did this on my show, I'd have so many people going like, uh, cause I've gotten into a fight with another host at Sirius where one time in passing, I think in February, I mentioned, who I thought the, he's like, that's too early to talk about the MVP. Uh, but so now it certainly is, but I mean, the, the two best starts have come, I'll give the three best starts. Oh, have yeah. Jokic, uh, Luca and, and Steph Curry to me have been the be- the three best starts. There's all, you gotta have MVP watch from the very first day of yeah, the exactly. season. You got to be on that. Uh, Termini, tell everybody how they can listen to you. I, of course, listen every day. Go ahead. All right. So it's uh, Sirius XM NBA radio, four to seven Eastern time. Uh, unfortunately, it's not solo like you here uh, on the Zaslow Show 2.0. I have to work with Eddie Johnson. So four to seven Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Eddie Johnson, Sirius XM NBA radio, channel 86. Is he going to be sour about his sons this afternoon? Oh, he's going to be, I've already seen him tweeting up a storm. I I had to mute him last night. So he's blaming Reggie Miller for the loss, apparently. Is he going to blame Isola for the loss? Uh, Anybody but the the Suns, yes. Excellent job, Termini. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. All right, Zaz. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I told you, Termini's a good dude. I mean, I know you think he's a heat hater. Termini knows his NBA. He doesn't have to love the heat. I mean, listen, I don't think, he doesn't hate the heat. I hate the Celtics, all right? Celtics are his team, although he doesn't necessarily, you know, wave the pom-poms. That's why I could be friendly with him. If he waved the Celtic pom-poms, he would not be allowed on the show. I hate the fucking Celtics so much. He does not hate the Heat, but he's also got no problem being critical. Excellent job, though, out of Termini, and, uh, and I listen to him and Eddie Johnson pretty much every day. I love that Sirius XM NBA radio. All right, before we continue on here, I got to tell you guys, One of our great sponsors, I told you, they've been with us for about seven, eight months now, Sheets and Giggles. I love Sheets and Giggles. Number one, my man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, he set me up. I I, I got the blanket, I got the comforter, I got a eucalyptus pillow, I got the pillowcases. Have you ever slept on a eucalyptus mattress? Thanks to Colin, I get, me and my wife, we make the magic in the bed, and then we get the best sleep of our life. That's right. And you can as well. Sheetsgiggles.com. Sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. You'll get 20% at checkout off your first order. So go there, Sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. 20% off your first order. And then take advantage of the annual fall sale that's going on right now. You're getting 25% off items all throughout the site. Sheetsgiggles.com. Promo code Zazlo. You're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on sheets and giggles, softest, coolest, most breathable sheets of your life. And now it's one less thing you got to worry about. You know where you're getting your sheets and you know you're getting the best sleep of your life. Promo code Zazlo, sheetsgiggles.com. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday, FS1, FS1 has a show hosted by Nick Wright called First Things First. I'm a fan of Nick Wright, so sometimes I'll catch that show. I didn't catch yesterday's show, but I did catch this clip here where one of the hosts, Chris Broussard, not a fan of, 
But one of the hosts, Chris Broussard, uh, he's going to move, but it's not going to work well. Nick, I what? Think James, I is think, the man I, retarded? The, I mean, the, the, is, well, I mean, shouldn't use that word, the, but sure. The, yeah. Developmentally disabled? Sure. To think that he is going to go to the Clippers where they have Kawhi Leonard as the number one option, Paul George is the number two, and still Russell Westbrook there, he, and think that he's going to he, okay. shoot 25 I, times I, a night? Listen, I didn't know what you were going to say tonight, today. I'm, I'm shocked. This is not going to work. What, what's let me let me apologize for using that word. Oh. I, I have a, a my first cousin. I we just put him to. He died a few months ago, a month or two ago. He was developmentally disabled, so I didn't. I, I, think, I didn't mean to use of that course, word. Of course, of course. I don't. I, I apologize I think, to the audience and everything. Oh, that's yeah. that's very kind of you. I, I don't think anyone would kill you for it. All right, there's a few shocking things that go on in that clip. Number one, using that word in 2023 is crazy. I mean. I couldn't tell you the last time I heard that word used. And on television, Broussard, you can't say that. And and the fact that he said it, and he said it so easily there, you got to feel like it's part of his vernacular. Like, I'll never understand the, oh, that's not me. I'm not the type of person that said it. No, you said it. So, see, I never say things like that. I never say words like that because... It's not part of my vernacular. It's not something I would say. There's not going to be any kind of slip-up, especially when I'm on television. And then, the apology. The apology is crazy. Number one, him telling you that it was his first cousin, as if it matters what type of family member it is. Then, when he started to talk about it, it sounded like he was going to say, we put him down. I mean, I guess he was going to say, we put him to rest. It sounded like he's, it, they, they put his cousin down, uh, like he was an animal or something. And the fact he goes, months ago, and then changed it to one month, no chance he was at that funeral. Months ago and one month are a major difference. That was a stunning sequence of events that took place on that show yesterday. All right, uh, so I'm, I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Last night, Spurs at Suns. The Spurs were trailing by 20 at one point in this game. Well, late in the game, they trailed by three and had a miraculous finish. There's no fouls to give. Three-pointer can tie it. Watch Wimby with a three here as well, but he's got to set a better screen. Now the play is disrupted. Pops upset. Vassell's going to have to go on his own. Three-pointer. No good. Wimbanyama! It's a one-point game. 6.8 to go. You might want to call a timeout to advance it. Oh, oh Johnson takes it from him. Johnson hangs. Yes. And the Spurs have the lead. What did I just witness here? Yeah, the Spurs would win. Kev, uh, Kevin Durant had a chance to win it. He missed a jumper at the buzzer. Spurs win 115-114. Wembanyama, no one boxes him out, including Durant. Durant did not box him out. Wembanyama gets an easy putback dunk. Then Durant gets the ball stolen. Keldon Johnson gets a tough layup to go. And then Durant misses at the buzzer. Brutal final sequence for Kevin Durant. Spurs win 115-114. Wembanyama, 18 points and 8 rebounds last night. Uh, if you're interested in Kevin Durant, he had 26. Spurs are 2-2. Two two. Suns are 2-2. Two two. Devin Booker's missed 3 out of 4 games. Bradley Beal is yet to make his son's debut. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday on Around the Horn, everybody dresses up. You know, they get real creative, real fancy with the dressing up. How about George Sedano? He dressed up as Pat McAfee. 
Oh, Tone, this this is easy for me. It's got to be the Niners. You put those two stallions uh, with each other on opposite ends there on the defensive end position where they're going to be rushing the quarterback. There's not a quarterback alive that's going to be able to deal with that. And, you know, what do I know, actually? I was just a really good punter. Let's bring in my guy, A.J. Hawk, okay? The greatest Packer tackler in Packer history. A.J., what do you think? And that right there is why he gets paid the big bucks, AJ. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm going big deal. That's an excellent job there by Sedano. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. Tonight could be the final game of the World Series. Could the Texas Rangers win their first ever World Series? Game 5, Rangers at Diamondbacks tonight. 8.03 on Fox and on ESPN Radio. Got the good pitching matchup too. Nathan Avaldi, Zach Gallen. That's a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks to everybody who listened. Thanks to everybody who helped put together the show. I can never do it without all your help. I appreciate you guys. Can we start the show? Can the Heat get in the win column? Can they get back in the win column? Can we start the show on a great note tomorrow morning? Thanks everybody for hanging out. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that good stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Zazlo Show 2.0. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, and right now, You got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.